Hello, and welcome to the So Emotional Podcast. Here on the cast, we discuss everything emotions through the lens of attachment, the nervous system, and internal parts work. We're a little irreverent and like to have fun exploring the emotional issues and dynamics that interest us. So come along and hang out. Let's explore the fascinating lands of emotions. Welcome to the So Emotional Podcast. My name's Nick Carl, and I'm here with Angela Wetzel. So Emotional Podcast, we talk about emotional stuff. Angela is a coach of all things emotional and life and business. And I am Nick Carl, and I uh, practice somatic experiencing, trying to get in the body and get in emotions. And today we're going to talk about navigating ups and downs. A little bit vague, for sure. We're trying to like encompass some things, right? So uh, yeah. the seed for this one was uh, I was working with a body worker. And she does point counterpoint. They just call it counterpoint. And uh, as she was sort of like, you know, push, <laughs> she pushes on my head and then pushes here and stuff. Many things, you know, it's like energy is moving in my body. And a couple of times, like, it comes up, and it's just, it is like a rush. It's like a flood. And I've noticed that, like, the this has been happening. Can I, can I cut you yeah. off a little? Because I, I want you to set the stage of, of your last one, because I just think it's funny. The stage of the last one. Like, the points. The, like, she found one point, and then what the other point was. And <laughs> she pushed on the points. Uh oh, yeah. The towel thing. Yeah. Well, if you want to share, it. actually, you don't have okay, to share. No, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. But yeah, you're right. There was a part of it. So it's like you know, I don't know like all the points and point counterpoint. She actually starts by like um, getting a reading from the skull, and then we look for like tenderness, just tenderness. Is it like you know? It's like oh yeah, it's a little tender. Tender is like tenderness, which is kind of a vague thing because sometimes it can be like ow, you know very tender and sometimes it's like I don't know maybe I don't know it's hard to tell if it's tender she works through different things and then she references her book you know and then finds out kind of like what circuit it is what what part of the body we're working with and in this particular session we were working a lot with somatics it had been a couple of weeks since I see her so we're like working with the um no sorry um ANS autonomic nervous system so like the arousal stuff right mm -hmm. and at some point and I, it, it, it referenced somewhere else. Like she was like working up here, and then she, and then she was like, okay, well, we got to do this other one. So flip over, and she's like, okay, this is this is root, like root, uh, not root chakra, but like root nerve, right? Mm -hmm. Which is right on my tailbone. And then mm -hmm. so she like finds the the spot, and she she, do, she does like a press and like gets a reading, and like, is that tender? It's like, yes, that's tender. It's tender right there. She's like, okay, this is a towel one which means that like to get the counter strain, which is to like relieve the pressure on that particular part, she's going to push in somewhere else. And this place was actually like perineum based, which is like, you know, I'm relaxed. We've sort of done this before, but anyway. Mm -hmm. So she's like relieving strain and she had kind of her hand like on the top of my, like uh, on the top of my hips, whatever she was doing, it felt very comforting. Like it was very mm -hmm. relaxing. I was like, oh, okay. You know, it's like, you know, of course, my mind is like, okay, we're going to get our butthole pressed now. <laughs> but it was like, but it was very <laughs> relaxing. And as I relaxed into it, and it was the it was the biggest one of the whole session, like this giant wave that 
came into my body and I'm laying face down and I like almost kind of like arced up and it and it hit me and it grabbed me just for a moment. Uh, I think that if I if it had been the first time that something like that had happened to me, I think it would have very much would have startled me. But this is not like my first rodeo. But as this like energy hits me, you know, like I just breathe and I just let let the impetus like come into my body and then just do what it is there to do and then leaves. And it felt extremely like relaxing. It was like it was like there was like a it is like a fist. There is like a holding there and then there was like a release and I could totally feel that. Right. Um, but in that but in that uh, sort of exercise of and that happens probably a dozen times during this hour long session of like things coming in me and me having this kind of like pull back reaction or like holding almost and then it's just like going through and I felt like I was actually getting better at that like as I get sort of uh, triggered or have these sort of like uh, you know uh, white knuckling moments that I could relax and that like that process of being okay with that happening not getting so frightened is continued to get better as I have continued to meet those reactions inside myself with compassion. You know, right. like that it's okay. And I've noticed that this the same the same mechanism happening in other places too. Like in I our, had a quick question. Sure. So when you're involved in like this this practice like um like counterpoints, like something like that, a session okay, or like coaching or whatever. And when you notice those feelings, the, the feeling comes up and then there's like the white knuckling, the white knuckling you feel like is a subconscious response to like, it's almost just automatic. And yeah, then absolutely. the re releasing of it, is that a conscious thing that you're doing or is that also like subconscious? I think that that's tricky because it happens really fast, but I do think that it is more conscious. Like it's a thing that I have to do. It's like a, it's like a switch releasing it. Right. So a uh, very similar thing happened yesterday with more of a negative tone, but I had a consultation with a client, you know, and I, mm -hmm. at the end of it, I, I thought that it maybe kind of didn't go so well. And I had a lot of like, just, they, they almost felt like shocks. It was like, oh, you know, of shame really is what it is, right? Shame mm -hmm. of like, but it's it happens so fast. But it's just like these like, and I could, I could allow that to like stay and be like, oh God, you know, like, oh, ugh. but uh, I, I continually have to sort of like, be like, no, it's okay. No, you're okay. It's okay. Uh I'm still here. And uh, it's interesting, the perspective of how it actually, like how it happens on the inside, because when it is happening, it is kind of full. It takes up the full picture, right? It it covers up my whole consciousness because it's a very bright energy, right? Like it takes up the whole thing. And it happened on the table a couple of times. Actually, I thought like, no, this, it, like I said it to myself in my own brain, this is just happening in my body. And that was interesting because just in that moment, like, oh, 
no, I'm a person. It's just happening in my emotional body, in my body. And it was a, I was able to get just a tiny little bit of separation, which was super helpful. Mm. But in this... It, go ahead. Sorry to... Oh, I, I just was um, noticing because um, I was uh, taking part in a coaching session. Like I was, you know, I'm part of uh, this coaching group. Yeah. And I was being coached today. And I felt a part of me um, come up that is like really vulnerable. Like it doesn't like to be seen. Hmm. And so there was like some emotion that started coming up and just like the awareness that I was being looked at. Hmm. And then there was another part of me that kind of like stepped forward and like, a, like kind of pushed this other part back. And I was like, just like I was cutting off from my emotions because I, did not want to be emotional or feel emotional or be like seen. Mm -hmm. And so I, I noticed that happening today and I'm realizing it's the same kind of thing where it's like having a, like a certain vulnerable feeling or an emotion comes up that like wants to be expressed or is at least like present. And then um, that other kind of like protector part that is like showing up to provide resistance to that. And anyway, it just made me think of that because that happened today. Right. <clears throat> something, uh, uh, something similar to that. I can remember this was years ago, but I just remembered that it was so stark. And I, and I don't, I, I wasn't practicing the same kind of like internal awareness that I try to do now, right? To whatever ability that I have, which is, I don't, I have no idea. Uh, but <laughs> I could remember that, um, I was in a situation and I was sort of like desperate and I began to cry, okay? And I began to cry like really hard. And because it was so fierce, the crying that started happening, another thing came up and just closed that crying door like really hard. And it was just mm -hmm. like, it was like somebody just like flipped a switch and it just all went away. And I was just like, I was <laughs> kind of startled by that, right? Because it, because because of the situation, I thought like it would have been right to cry, like because that's what I wanted to do. That's where I was. But this other part of me, like swooped in and was just like, nope, and just like cut it all off. I was mm -hmm. just like, whoa, that was that was pretty interesting. Were you alone or? Yeah, I was. You? I was alone. Okay. So. I don't know, navigating, so we were talking about navigating ups and downs, right? So it's, mm -hmm. I think that there's so many different kind of, so many different kinds, types of scenarios and ways that our insides can act and react to how things come into us, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, uh, I don't know, the activating of something like that you know so it falls under the triggers category right and then uh like i think in that case like uh it's i always think about in terms of reflections and projections right so it's like you're put into a situation where it's reflecting something in you which is uh, eliciting this emotional response and then depending on your relationship with it 
it will have different kind of like outcomes or like how it actually expresses, you know? I'm trying to like, I know what you're saying because we talked about this earlier, but we were talking about there being like three, maybe like four different parts of the or of this equation. Like one is the actual like trigger or the, the nervous system response to whatever has happened. So there's a, like a reaction of some sort. And that is like the, the visceral bodily reaction. And then there can be an emotional thing that comes up to like emotions that are kind of separate. And then the interpretation of that, like the, pers- like the perspective. And is that what you mean by the projection and reflection part? Yeah. Well, okay. So I think that on the table, when I'm doing body work with my person, you know, I really think that she's operating, you know, and it makes sense. She's operating on the physiological level, right? Mm-hmm. And she's able to, because of her skill and the thing that she does, she's sort of like moving energy around, right? It makes and me the- think of like acupuncture meridians too. Yeah, Cause like, for sure. I remember when I used acupuncture, um, there were different charts they would have on the wall and there would be like the perineum or the, like the anus would be on there. And I'd be like, seriously, like they had little like points, you know? And I always thought that was really funny because I'm really mature. So, uh, <laughs> so like when she's moving energy around, there was like some kind of emotional th- component, but I don't, I think that that was like less of a component, you know? Whereas, um, So she's moving physiological things around, then energy moves, and then there's some emotional component to it. When I'm laying on my bed alone crying, like that seems purely emotional, which then like has a physiological reaction then to it, right? It's sort of like like chicken and egg, like what comes first, you know? Is it the thought first right. and then the emotion and, and then the physiological thing? Right, right. heavily debated. And right. like heavily debated. Because sometimes you can have a thought which then triggers an emotion, right. which then triggers, you right. know, like okay. this reaction. But you could sometimes just have a trigger which would then cause like an emotional response even before you have a thought or anything about right. it. Like it can I, right. and happen. I have really absolutely fast. been in yeah. that where I... I, you know, from what I can remember, the first things that I started to have in a particular situation was an emotion, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like, I get into this, like, emotional state. This has happened a few times, and this is one of the scenarios that I thought when I thought about talking about this topic was um, I had a friend in town and uh, wanted me to come see him, and uh like it bothered me like it was just like you know so the first thing you know it's because it's totally within bounds of regular fucking shit and the first thing is like you know like that's the first thing so it's like the trigger triggers an emotion first and then and then like i start having thoughts which is like you don't give a fuck about me you know you just sort of like bored or something and you just want something to do you don't give a shit about me you know it would Mm -hmm. and it goes into this whole goes into this whole sort of narrative which then you know i think the emotional and the physiological part because it was like all the feelings that i had from the emotions like how it affected my body probably whatever it does to my cortisol levels and all that bullshit you know Mm -hmm. but 
think uh so there's this interplay of the the body's energy the emotional energy and then you the person making the meaning out of both sides right yeah so it's like how you're interpreting everything yeah how how you interpret the like data the play by play that comes into your consciousness moment by moment right and one of the things that was really mind-blowing really uh revelational to me in my process of like learning about uh <laughs> trying to learn about insides and emotions and feelings and thoughts was the idea of uh like parts work right and so it was it was actually working with that uh trigger of this person coming into town wanting to see me and having a very like a negative reaction because that wasn't the reaction with this person all the time it just seemed to be it had happened a couple of times but so i just worked with it because it was easy it was pretty easily accessible to me you know because i i you know like i felt used you know like i didn't feel special i felt used and so the way that i experimented with it was uh you know where i where i live i drive a lot you know so i'll have these hour drives and I began to just s say words to the feeling, you know, and kind of out loud, like, uh, you know, so I, I, I got real worked up just thinking about it and feeling and thinking. And then I was just like, you know, like, you know, it was like, you know, you know, fuck you, fuck you, you know, and he's just like, you don't, you, you don't give a shit about me, you know. Like, I'm nothing to you. I'm not, everybody's just trying to, like, get what they need. Nobody gives a fuck about me, you know? And I was like... And through that monologue or dialogue or whatever the hell, hell it was, you know, sort of... It was, it was revelatory. It was like, oh, oh, that's how you feel. That's really interesting. And, and uh, <laughs> like, at the time, like, being introduced to sort of uh, one of the things that we talk about, a lot about is IFS, Internal Family Systems, right? and parts work your in inside of you is a big round table of uh sort of like consciousnesses right or we could call it parts con and maybe they're not at the round table but some of them are like stuffed in uh, hampers and some are in closets and sure some are like chained up and shackled and, and this one a radiator or whatever yeah this one i called transactional boy okay and trans transactional boy was like nobody gives a fuck about me everybody is out for themselves nobody nobody loves anybody everybody's just trying to get get their cheese right everybody's out there mm -hmm. just out there doing their shit and nobody gives a fuck right it's all just one big fucking lie and that sort of story came with a very specific emotional tone right so that's what it was it was just mm -hmm. kind of a way of seeing the world and when I had experienced what I call transactional boy in the past, before I kind of learned more about him and learned like what he thought, I just thought that that was me. I just mm. thought that that was me. I, and, I could, and as I went back through the past with this like different lens, it's like, oh, that guy's been around for a long time. 
Mm. You know, it's like, oh yeah, he, he, he's, he's popping up here and there. And like whatever kind of gets him, you know, and really it's about like, just not, not feeling taken care of, you know, like, like people aren't putting in the effort to like take care of me, like recognize like, you know, what I bring to the, what I bring to the table and, and thinking that I'm special, right. That I have value, you know, like there was something, something divorced in that, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I did that, it was just like, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Which I thought was a, a really, uh, I don't know. It was revelatory to think that here's this, you know, <laughs> before parts work, and I, and I don't see this as a negative, right? I just thought that my experience of me was just me. And that a unified mind, like a one experience, like you're yeah. all of these things. Yeah. And there was plenty that has happened in my life that I couldn't explain. Right. And I just, I guess I just shrugged my shoulders and been like, you know, oh, you know, I guess it just wasn't right. Or I would, however I could explain it away, didn't seem you mean like, like, um, like relational outcomes. Like, in, sure. Yes. Relational like, outcomes or, or even like, how did we get into this fight? You know, how did this conflict begin in the first place? You know, that stuff really just kind of whizzed by, you know. And, uh, you know, if I'm like hating somebody or like feeling a certain way about somebody, I, I didn't really second guess it. It's just like, no, nope, that's just the way I feel, you know. And, you know, in hindsight, it ends up being very black and white. You know, it ends up being very mm-hmm. uh, uh sort of like fatalistic it's like if it's not this then it's that you know it, it, it was you know right it's it's so fascinating because you know I've been doing parts work for like gosh I think it's been like a few years now yeah like being coached and coaching in it <laughs> I even had some like part recently where I realized like that I had become identified with that I didn't question as a part. Mm-hmm. I just sensed that there was something different from how I used to identify. And I didn't fully understand why I wasn't identifying with that anymore. And the, and I remember when the shift happened because it actually happened around some deeper trauma that had happened. This had to do with my retinal detachment and this new part had showed up to keep me safe. And so around that time, I couldn't feel my passion for acting. Like I kind of went, like, I felt like I was numb in that area. And that was really unusual for me because I've always identified and really loved performing and like pursuing acting and just all of those things. And then it just went away. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. And so it's interesting because we can have, because of trauma, deeper, um, like foundational cracks that are kind of more under the surface. But when we have new traumas that happen, it's like those, um, those cracks become like giant, um, like chasms, you know, it can, it can like kind of break something wide open. And so even in areas where we think like, oh no, I'm good. Or, or thinking that this was the big trauma. It's actually 
just the fact that there was already like weakness or vulnerability there that has been further complicated by like these new pressures or new circumstances. And that's something that happened with me. And I didn't understand exactly what had happened or why that trauma was so, um, had affected me like in the way that it had like that deeply like I didn't understand all the parts that were at play Mm -hmm. and how how deeply um how deep all of that stuff went like it was like many layers down of different parts and vulnerabilities that were pre-existing that just became exacerbated by this one event that seemed to like caused a giant like fracture because it was like linked to so many different things Hmm. yeah Hmm. but it's um I, i guess what i'm saying is it's interesting to have awareness around being identified with parts and like how sticky that can be like how um even awareness that we're not that feeling or that we're not that perspective is in in and of itself a practice to cultivate because it's so easy to just take that for granted that that perspective or that emotion or that limited way of thinking or seeing the world is in fact a um, like a staple or a like a, a permanent part or permanent fixture in our personality when that's really not the case like it's like these parts um have entire personalities of themselves and like sub parts or different you know um like fractals too and it's just really interesting to think and and you had mentioned this earlier and i thought that was a really good point when you said that we can feel joy and that's still a part it's like these aspects of our personality experience can experience like these ranges of emotion and um and the other interesting thing that you know learning about parts work is that parts can become enlightened you know that they actually like self-actualize and they can mature and grow up and that it's never about getting rid of the part or shaming the part or being like oh i'm just not need this part anymore it's more like integrating it and bringing it along and in effect like inviting it to have a seat at the round table instead of it being trapped inside a closet or you know duct tape over the mouth with those zip ties you know just like (laughs) sit sit down and shut up you're causing trouble or whatever when i when i first heard that you know like uh, in the idea of parts work that the formation of the part comes from something in the past, okay? Which seems a little bit abstract, but actually made sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like the idea of the uh, my friend who's in town who wants to see me, right? Because I've known that person for so long and, you know... I couldn't place there there wasn't he hadn't done anything really out of bounds. I could tell that I 
was different in that moment, that I was mm-hmm. having a strong emotional reaction to this particular request, right? So just the idea of like the, that that emotion that I was having now was actually born somewhere in the past. Mm-hmm. And the thing that is activating it now and bring it, bringing it to the fore is a reflection because of some, it, it mirrored something about the original scenario, right? Mm-hmm. About the original, you know, like uh, the original scenario of like how, how it came to be, right? And that, uh, I don't know, I thought that that was, that made a lot of, that, that just made like a lot of sense to me, you know? So to think right. that, to think that, here I am and you know maybe a day before or a week before that I started to do the work that I wouldn't have second guessed it you know mm-hmm. but then when I you know did the work of showing up and like communicating with it and learning more about it it actually made a lot of sense to me like oh okay no you have there's there's a lot here right there's like there's a lot of like almost consciousness there that was just looking to be sort of met right and that is Mm -hmm. like it needs to be taken care of it's it's so fascinating because it's um those early incidents and maybe perhaps repeated incidents that caught that necessitate that aspect of our personality to be formed to meet an unmet need or you know it's like there's a purpose, like the, these parts have a purpose, like a very special purpose. And that's to basically survive, basically make sense or meaning of what's happening so that we can change our personality or, or feel like we have some sense of power in an otherwise powerless situation. So for that part, it's like, perhaps it was recognizing that you weren't really going to get the love that you needed. And so it was like conserving your resources and being able to view love or relationships on a transactional level so that you could conserve your energy maybe for things that were more um, like generative for you in that circumstance, whatever like would help meet that need more. And maybe that was like not a human connection. Like maybe it allowed you to conserve your energy towards something that you were actually able to get like some form of reciprocity from or good feeling from, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like a protective and important part. Um, And I think it's also really easy for us to look at these parts (laughs) from other parts and like, shame them or be like oh this is irrational like what you know silly like this doesn't make sense or you know whatever there's like these other like critic parts or analytical parts that make interpretation judgments about these other parts and even they serve a purpose because as these personalities form at different ages it's like if this strategy doesn't work, this first strategy isn't working so well, then it's another aspect of personality pops up to navigate that energy or those circumstances in a different way. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like those younger parts like never really go away. And so in my instance, and I think you've probably felt this as well, where you've had these younger parts that are literally like screaming somewhere, but they have like the hand over their mouth or Mm -hmm. they're kind of shut in somewhere and they're not given a voice and they're literally revolting and it can feel tricky to getting that other protector part to like loosen its grip so that there's expression allowed because sometimes those younger aspects of our personality like got us into trouble like the intention was to um you know whatever keep us safe protect us in some way um but that it ended up getting us like punished or rejected and so then another strategy another aspect of personality pops up to then like mitigate whatever new information or new circumstance has popped up. Um, And I think what's been interesting for me is noticing that I didn't always necessarily question that protector part or that critical like judgmental part and just assumed that the, the more emotional, like chaotic part was like, not acceptable like oh of course yeah that's ridiculous you you know you can't have big emotions right which is like just mirroring a lot of the messaging that i was getting just around being able to express emotions just like raw power just full passion whether that's crying or throwing a tantrum and just being angry or however i was feeling where do you think where where are the where are the parts when they're not here? I think they're always there. So they're always there. And where where I exactly think, are they? It's a good question. I think that so I view the parts thing as like so like our mind, right? Our our like mind, um, it's not necessarily like we store all information in our mind, which is really weird because like we have the the, um, pineal gland, which is like a radio transmitter. And then we have like uh, our emotional bodies or like energy bodies because it's like, it makes me think that it's almost like where thoughts are stored, that some parts are stored like in our muscles and our fascia, like these Mm -hmm. holding patterns um, because the other interesting thing is that when you're talking about being on um, being on that bed and being you know manipulated in those ways as uh, pressure points, that you're having this emotion rise up, and then another part. So there's one part that's having like the emotional reaction that's just mm-hmm. happening, mm-hmm. and then the other part that's like wanting to resist the expression of that. Mm-hmm which I think happens with like everyone every day, like all day long, you know, like don't, don't feel the thing, like don't do it. Right. And so we literally have these two like warring parts where one is like, I want to be expressed. The other one's like, no, like pushing it down. And I think that it's like, it's very challenging to think about how exactly those processes work. But when I work with clients, I think about how these, um, being able to see these parts in our mind's eye, like calling it up that way is, is a, is a process of like using imagination, but also like symbolism or um, um, 
just using our, our consciousness in a way that is representing um, how our neural pathways are set up. Right. And so when I think about their, and, and like, I honestly don't know what the answer is. I'm just like spitballing since sure. you had asked. So I'm just guessing, but I imagine that these like exiled parts of us are sort of in these like exiled neural pathways where there's not a lot of connections uh, being made. And so they are very um, physically alone in the dark where they don't have connection. And so oftentimes the first, the first time that we encounter some of these parts or we're aware of them uh, truly is finding them in an isolated place, like in our mind's eye where they're usually like hunched over or they're crying or they're sad. Right. And it's, likely mirroring some of the actual body language and physicality of of perhaps when that personality was formed yeah and also might indicate like some of the circumstances around when it was formed right and also the fact that these younger parts um feel alone and isolated and that technically they also are like if you were to do like a neural map of how many like synapses and connections are going to that part and the kind of energetic resources that they have. So I view it as like how our brain was just able to um, come up with like ideas and imagination, but that it's like the brain, the, the body, the imagination, like none of it's truly separate. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I answered that question, how much of that is. Maybe some, but you know what it made me think of is that absolutely, without a doubt, that when though, you know, like thinking about that, you know, transactional boy, when transactional boy is forged, right, when he's made, right, Mm -hmm. there is no safe place to have those types of emotions, right? So that like doesn't exist besides maybe just like in protest and being mean and sort of like sideways, right? Right. Um, There's no, there is, there is no like safe place for expression. And so, and I know this full well that like our bodies have the ability to take a thing and to disassociate it, right? To like push it down, to push it away, especially if there's no avenue uh, and no safe place to do it. It's just like, right. no, we can't do that. We have to take this thing and we have right. to get rid of it. Like, like we, we have literally don't have the skill set or the emo- or the resources. Like we don't have a person. We don't have, right. we don't have the, we don't know how to handle this. So it's just got to go away because it's too just much for right now. Away. It's kind of like compartmentalizing it. Just right. And then, you know, it. when we use our imagination to try to interface with that, like, I think the parts structure and how we abstract it and like how to use our imagination is just a good, I think it's in a good and effective way to bridge that gap into the space of where our body can store these things, right? Wherever that is in our, in our being, you know, uh, whether it be in mind and our, or in our fascia or like in our actual like tissues, you know, whatever it is, wherever, wherever it can exist. Uh, and I think that I think it's, I think that it was one of the most it absolutely was one of the, the most like eye opening piece to me right in doing my somatic experiencing work which I've mentioned before 
it felt like I had discovered an an ocean in my backyard. Like that there, here's this mm. part of me that's right here that I didn't know was there that absolutely is affecting me, right? That has all this energy for me that is bleeding out of me, but that I hadn't necessarily connected with. And it wasn't until I started getting into my body to see that there was, wow, that there's a lot of energy here. Wow, a lot of it is 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 pretty, you know, negative or, or you know, negative emotions, you know, that just, you know. And, and then when I started to put together all of my daily practices for keeping that at bay, right, all of the mm -hmm. things that I did, which was essentially my entire personality was just keeping things sort of down. And even all of those activities uh, couldn't do it. They still leaked out. Mm. And it's a lot of energy to hold those things down. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so my next question for you is that like, so, okay, so we have these parts or pieces of these disassociated things, these energies in our bodies, whatever we want to call them, but as I began to work with them, and I think you can see this too, but you get, begin to recognize when something like that is in the present. It's there, right? I, want, I know one of the things is like when you are, you and I are having a conversation, you know, I, I'm sure you, you have pointed it out many times, but I will like stop talking, right? It's like something has entered the room, right? And usually it's a, this is where I use the, the, the language of reflection, so you have said a thing that has like painted this little emotional picture, which has reflected down past that barrier of not being able to see down into my being somewhere. And then something has arisen, which is an emotion, right? Which is a part that is now here, right? There's like, a, there's a new spirit has entered the room, you know? <laughs> so you're new saying it's like through somebody noticing something, like reflecting that back to you is like calling that part forth or calling that part out no what i what i mean to say is like uh like what i want to get into is like how we start recognizing the types of situations when a part is say present that you are now mm. that your consciousness is now under the influence of a part right right well so we're we mentioned this earlier about like, cause we're not here to necessarily get rid of these aspects of our personality. No, not at all. Right. And, and it's like, mostly it's about supporting the parts of ourselves that feel neglected and misunderstood and that are suffering and pain. Because if we were to have children, we would notice because, you know, it's very, external like 3d person huge yeah. small human being that they're suffering especially if we're very sensitive and attuned yeah that we can see like oh this child needs help or this child is sitting in the corner and right. they just stare at the floor all day like clearly something's right. not right um so i guess in any case where it's emotion or that suffering that's negative, negatively affecting our quality of life or how we emotionally want to feel every day, then it's getting curious about like what's there and how to reach down into the abyss and offer a hand to, to help heal those things. But I guess to answer your question, 
how do we know when I, I would just say it's being able to notice those energetic fluctuations, like noticing that you're triggered becomes an art because you want to start to pay attention to whether you're feeling like you're in a state of arousal, which I think most of the time people think of like sexual arousal. I'm aroused, but it just means like your energy is now suddenly yeah. being stirred. So your hackles are up. Yeah. Like uh, be uh, feeling prickly, uh, cranky. I mean, like I had a post that I did on Instagram a while ago where it's just like lists of just different triggers. And there's so many different ways uh, that we can like signs that we've been triggered because it is literally noticing your nervous system and what it's doing. Mm. You can feel like you want to faint. You want to puke. You want to punch someone in the face. You want to run. You want to have sex with someone. You want to smoke a cigarette. Like you start to feel your palms get sweaty. It's like noticing your physiological or visceral reactions to what's happening. And it's, it's noticing whether you've gone into fight, flight, freeze, fawn mode or whether you've slipped into some kind of freeze depression. And you can yeah. also tell just by the emotions that you're feeling when you start to feel funky in some way, because generally that arousal or immobilization, like they don't feel optimal all the time. So it's like when you feel really shitty, it's likely that you've got a trigger going on or you have a certain emotion that wants to be expressed. that's actually being repressed. Right. So it's usually resistance to feeling that's causing the um, uncomfortable stuff to happen and or your body being like there's literally a tiger and you need to run now yeah. but we don't think about that uh but uh so i'm and i don't remember a specific thing i just know that it's happened when you and i talk sometimes but like something will happen i will get triggered then i will stop talking like i wish that like some uh beautiful mm. mother from the sky could come down and just like when it happens right away to be like oh honey what's going on mm. you know mm-hmm. what what's going on with you use your words you know you know and then i could yeah. be like that in the moment because you know things happen pretty fast sometimes you know that it's just like you know it can it can come in and it can go or sometimes it can stay you know um i think one of the tricky ones for me is the freeze type stuff right because it's just like mind kind of blank it's just kind of foggy fuzzy you know yeah fuzziness it's like that one's hard to get into like can i enter can i interject something that you said yeah it, i really like that you said that you said i wish there could be some mother from the, the sky that would come down and ask if you're okay like they're there but you can actually cultivate that at like an aspect of yeah. yourself like you can create that part or a future part right um because like parts there like we can also have um past parts we can have future parts there's even something called legacy burdens where it's like generational parts right um so it's like parts the parts where it can get really interesting because it's just kind of like archetypal work where we're noticing um or creating characters in different ways or just tapping into different like emotional energies or ways of being that we want to express to ourselves. And so that just gives me some insight that some, a quality you're really needing and wanting to feel is a very nurturing mother quality. That's like very soothing and and calming. Yeah. 
Um, I know that like my internal dialogue or honestly, it's just like, it's like the energetics of it. Like there, there would be plenty of times where I would be triggered and then I would notice it and it would just be like, oh, no, no, like fighting it off. Right. So instead of a, instead of a, 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 a wonderful, beautiful, you know, mm. nurturing mother energy from the sky, it's like an annoyed 14 year old, you know, like, shut up, you fucking idiot. You know, just like, you know, no, this isn't, no, you know, that kind of shit, mm. which is not like, that's like, that's a pretty abrasive, like internal, like, uh, you know, mm. Freudian. It's like, what is that? Uh, super ego, right? Super ego is like the embodiment of your parents' own energy, right? So however you were sort of like treated as a child, you like treat your own children, right? You treat yourself that way. You treat and yourself you that, treat way, your right? that way, right? And so there has been a softening, right? And it's it's not perfect, but mm -hmm. but but it, that it is there, you know, that it's like, you know, a thing will happen, you know, like with the consult the other day, and I was feeling pretty shitty about it, you know? It's like, you know, showing him be like, it's like, hey, man, it's okay. It really is okay. You're going to be okay. Like, yeah. uh, you know you're safe, you know, nobody has anything on you, uh, you know, uh, we can take care of this, you know, we have support, we have friends, we have people that love us, you know, we, uh, you know, can be safe here in our house, and we don't, you know, nobody can get us, we're okay here, you know, and I did that, I did that, you know, internally, and it's still, I had a few, like, reverberations of the same energy, as I went to sleep that night, I've even had a couple today, just randomly, like they, they had a very specific, like energetic signature, right. Of just mm -hmm. like, of just like, oh, ah, ah, ah. which, you know, I've heard that called a flashback before. That's mm -hmm. what I've heard that called, you know, which is like in, in the, like aftershocks. Right. God. So <laughs> Sometime when I was a kid, uh, me and my brother, I was pretty young. Uh, so there was somebody walking. It was dark outside. We had a big front yard. And this guy was walking out on the sidewalk. Uh, I thought it would be fun to take my slingshot. We had slingshots at the time. So we're like, you know, <laughs> eight, nine, ten years old. And shoot near the guy to get his attention. Not to hit him. Just to, to be like, get his attention, to get him to look at us, you know. And, of course, you know, I'm good up with my slingshot. And I just shot, shot near him. And so we did that. And he just turns right around, turn, turn comes down the sidewalk, <clears throat> rock walks directly up to both of us and says, give me those. Takes the slingshot from me and my brother, knocks on the door, gets my mom, you know, and then just like reams us a new one. And it was just like the most shameful, like, just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And, you know, like that happened when I was 10. Whenever I would remember that, it would just be like a shock. It would just be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, throughout my entire life, you know? <laughs> mm. So it kind of reminds me of that shit yesterday. I'm just like, oh, shit, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Ugh, ugh. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Side story. <No. laughs> um, I was trying to think of what. I was going to say something. I can't remember right now. Um. I think something um, that I was thinking of, like when these, um, oh, oh, yeah. 
working with clients, like it's always fascinating with the part stuff and how the energy shows up because it's not even necessarily like tied to language. Like it's images and like colors and temperatures and visceral feelings and like memories and different things that show up to kind of Mm. um, is, is like the way in Mm. Um, like Richard Schwartz talks about this as like a trailhead, like how you kind of find your way into these parts because they have, you know, like some parts are like nonverbal, like preverbal, um, different ages. And he said right. a lot of them are under the age of 10. Um, but it's just, it's really interesting um, because the kind of symbolism and metaphors that come through is, is so fascinating. Um, just like anything from there being like uh, a baby that's like out in the desert and is like getting scorched by the sun. It just depends on like the, the person and what, like what their imagination or what like these energies have associated to that wound or that pain. Mm-hmm. or or even like trying to paint a story of what those circumstances were or even what that energy felt like so it's just um that was one thing I was thinking of but the other thing I was thinking of is just how to offer these parts like what are they really needing because because they have a certain job that they're doing it's not necessarily that they want to do it it's like out of necessity they show up energetically in this way um and the other thing that i see a lot is like i will call it an authentic energy but i only call it an authentic energy because it's kind of a a masking or like a shell type of energy where it's like and i see this a lot with really driven like a lot of the clients that i work with are kind of these like high performers like really purpose-driven people like purpose matters a lot like doing the thing they want to do in this world and usually they're getting tangled up by relationships and they want to have both purpose and relationships but Mm -hmm. there's like some mess happening with both and like neither are working that well um and i just forgot what i was gonna say um (laughs) something about um oh yeah like what these parts really need um and it's oh yeah the in sorry the inauthentic energy being um especially like for the female clients that I work with they can in their home like they needed to step up and like fill in a, a gap where like, you know, one or both parents, they weren't stepping up or they figured if something had to be done, like that they would have to do it. And so it might not have necessarily been how they would have naturally responded had they had, um, you know, ample support, ample, and, and this goes for everyone. But what I'm noticing or what I've noticed is that some of these women will they'll like step up to fill in these energetic gaps. And then they have all this masculine energy that they've cultivated, but it's come from a wound or a, like a necessity where they just like kind of self-sacrificed or just like stepped into this role. And then it defines them and they think that's who they are. 
But then when it comes to getting into relationships and dating, they're finding that they might emasculate or intimidate men, or they don't know how to receive. And it's because those, um, those parts or those personality aspects, like had to show up in a certain way that is actually not how like their, their natural energy really wants to show up. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. And so it's like learning to listen to the parts to understand what those deeper underlying needs are, like what the, what the truth is, like who they really are, Mm -hmm. as opposed to like how they show, how they show up, like when they're wounded (laughs) or in a wounded state. Yeah. I think that it's natural and generative for human beings to be in connection. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you get close to other people, your parts that you are either aware of or not aware of, and their parts that they either are aware or not aware of, will begin to interact, right? Yes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, right? Mm -hmm. And I think to a lay person, and to me, say five years ago, I guess I just interpreted all that as just like, just fate, you know? It's just like, oh, it's just mm. the way it was, just wrong person, wrong time, right? That's, because right. that's all I had, you know? There wasn't really anything else for me, you know? One thing that my brain would do, because my parts weren't being attended to, uh, and I don't know, this is just my, how I would do it, is that I would begin to make essentially like an internal list of all the things wrong with the other person. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is just like they don't do this, 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 and this, which therefore makes them, you know, fine, but not good good enough for me, not not in my life, you know. Right. It's like, whoosh, get out of here. It's a very common... Yeah, Common, I think it's like, um, yeah. like intimacy stopper. It's yeah. like, oh, I will disqualify this person, so I don't That's right. have to get close, or I don't want to deal with their shit, aka, I'm not dealing with my own. Right, and like it, it does start to be like you know, you think like, okay, I've been through six or seven or eight or nine scenarios, right, and they all end the same. And what's the common thread here? And it's like, oh it's it's me you know and so like that becomes clear but still without but without Mm -hmm. being able to uh being able to know and to feel and to be aware of some of the internal energies and the internal structures right and the internal parts that are there and that are at play right it wasn't until i was in the car screaming at my friend that i learned about what that part was right Mm -hmm. It wasn't until, you know, I did a lot of somatic experiencing where I I met, you know, Armageddon boy, right? Just wants to destroy everything, you know? Uh, And, you know, there's more and more. And then there's sort of like the interplay. Uh, There's like, you know, there's like, there's absolutely desperate boy, you know, desperate for love, you know? And then another part that's like 
that's fucking gross, you know? You like that's mm. that's gross to be that desperate, you know? Just like all these back and forth. Um that it has been it's been really cool to like know that more, you know, and, and show up. But, you know, like you like you said, so you've had these you know, you talked about the women who like em- embodied and had certain strategies and showed up in certain ways and then not knowing, right, that they actually made those agreements, right, or showed up in that way, mm-hmm. not reflecting for for safety and, like, for pragmatic reasons, right? Yeah. Made all these choices. But then, you know, how that doesn't work in other situations, you know? Right. Like, it works perfectly for the context. So these parts were very, like... Um, the, the person makes sense in the, the given environment, but you take them out of that context. Like you take them out of the, the home of origin and you, you know, grow them up. So now they're in adult bodies, but right. their emotional selves have not aged yeah. and you put them in a new context in like different surroundings. And you could be like, this person makes no sense. Like we could judge a person and be like, Oh, they're weird. This, why, why are they doing this? Doesn't make any sense. But if we're able to be curious enough, then we can be like, oh, this person actually makes complete sense. We're just not seeing them in their original context. We're we're not seeing all the circumstances that created this person. And it's interesting because like there's not a disorder, like actually everything is in order. Mm -hmm. Everything, every adaption, every, you know, way the brain um developed and the, the the body developed was to stay safe and loved and protected mm-hmm. and get those needs met but then when you grow up and you leave and you're no longer in that context because time has changed and we become somewhat frozen or stuck in these behavioral patterns mm-hmm. we find ourselves wanting to create something different than maybe this hell that we were living depending on if your childhood was pleasant or not or mixed with what you know pain and right. pleasure right and it's like, we are still acting like we're there because all these parts, they don't know that we've grown up and they don't know that there's like more than mom and dad or more than just mom or whatever the situation is. They don't, they, they don't have the, the latest like newspaper or whatever. Like they just have no idea how old you are or anything. But when you're trying to form new relationships or just trying to adult, right. it's like, these younger parts are still driving the bus, driving the car, like into the ditch because it's like the ditch was where it's safe. So if you want to create something different, it's like you have to learn and understand what's going on, like, you know, underneath, like what's really happening so that you can actually. The work, the work is a, is a deep inventory learning interaction with our preconceptions, right? And, you know, like for me, uh, the energy that is helping me most right now is uh, with compassion, you know, like in care and love. That seems to be like a kind of a universal to treat myself where I find myself with the reactions and with the emotions that I have. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's like still absolutely like an ongoing practice that I'm not. I'm not great at like I can absolutely still get caught up and 
lose my perspective, lose my uh, like adultness, lose my uh, seat in strength and my ability to adapt and make changes and show up and to do good for a situation. You know, I can yeah. lose perspective and take perspective of that part, that preconceived part that sees the world in a very particular way. And usually one that's uh, kind of, ex you know, exacerbated, you know, put in a bind and in a hurt place. Yeah, we don't necessarily have a ton of control over when we go unconscious because that's going to happen. Yeah. But consciousness is something that we can cultivate being in the present moment and present awareness, like with our capital S self. Right grounded in this present moment and then um just gently bringing ourselves back to there or however long it takes to yeah. get back to that moment because like sometimes you have a trigger and the part comes up and you're aware of it or it's not super sticky or you're able to unidentify so you can hold space and that's right. a matter of hours sometimes you just don't even know <laughs> that it's a part Sometimes like, I, I feel like, you know, so for my last big splash into, so, and this is something we talked about before is uh, this idea about being blended. Okay. So, and the idea of, of being blended or meshed, people use different words is that you get triggered this preconceived emotional consciousness from the past or from another life or something comes into your being, right? And that you lose your capital S perspective. And for a moment, you become this part. You are the part, and you see the world through its, uh, through its vision, which mm -hmm. is very sort of uh, crunched down into a very, this is the way that life is. Super black and white. Super Thank black you. and white. And that can happen for a moment, it can happen for an hour. It can happen for a day. It can happen for a week. I think it... Years, like lifetimes. Yeah. It could be a whole lifetime where you sure. go in and out or just operate, make, just not having the conscious awareness Which I, where you're fully identified because these it, parts are super convincing. Yeah. And, and I think, which is a little bit scary to think about, honestly, it's just like, under what grip am I still now, this very moment? Because I would, there's still like forces, you know, like I'm a little speck wandering wow. in the solar system. You know? So it's really interesting, right? Because there's like a certain flavor to saying that, like what, you know, what forces am I under kind of sounds a little bit like. Ominous? A, yeah, like being a, like a puppet. Like, am I just a puppet? Like how aware am I? And then, you know, you're reminding me of the speech that Jane Lynch gave, I forget at some graduation where she talks about the fact that we actually make decisions like eight to 10, I think it's seconds before we're even consciously aware of those decisions. So it's like, how do we really know like what part of us is in the driver's seat? And, sure. you know, like, is it fate or do we have any real conscious choice and how yeah. much, you know? So right. it's like a whole yeah, like I know. I, I know it's a whole box. thing. Like I, I think about, I always think about it as a river. Like you're in the river, 
right? You're in the river of our society, of our country, of our planet, of your family, of your friends. You know, you're in the river of time. And <laughs> like I've told you this story before, but it's like, uh, what if you were born in outer space, just alone, unto un yourself, right? It's like you have nothing to reflect off of, right? Mm -hmm. You have like nothing there. You're just a consciousness is all that you are, you know? Um, and so <laughs> like uh, I spent some time in Canada a few years ago. And one of the things that I, it's just, I don't try to do it, but I, of course, it doesn't take but a few days I start to like speak Canadian, like with a Canadian accent, you know, <laughs> and like I was not trying to do it, but I like, I, I could feel that like, I, I like to do it because it's like, I'm modeling what's happening around me. You know, there's just a very natural thing, you know, that like, oh, you laughed at something. Well, I'll laugh too, you know, cause I guess this is funny. Mm -hmm. We're signaling each other all the time, right? We're responding yeah. to our environment from all these signals, right? And these signals mm -hmm. come from also inside quiet places of these pieces of our consciousness and our being that have been stored in another dimension, right? This is like the wildness of it, like the, that there's, there's voices and there's information just like floating around us all the time. And like, how do, how, how do we uh, orient ourselves to that? How do we sort of like make sense of like, okay, where, where am I on the ladder or where I am, where am I in the river? You know, it can get mm. like, it can, there's, right. there's more questions than there are answers. Right. But, like I'm being influenced by neutrinos and these like light particles of information that are passing right. through me and then the stars and the generational trauma and like how my DNA has been encoded with these things. And then also like um, even the microorganisms, you know, that, that are like trying to order you know, like giving me cravings, like they're at a sonic drive-through and suddenly I'm, you know, I want French fries and, and like a milkshake. Right. So yeah. it's just really funny to think about all of the little parts, like consciousness that we're like made, made up of and just having awareness of all those things. And it's like, how much of this is really us, right? you know, and like there's personality pieces and then there's like the capital S self, which is, right. you know, maybe just like the, the witness, which is a silent observer that is actually not, doesn't have personality. It like no, is just, part of just timeless is. awareness. It right. is. It's like, I am the yeah. trippy. So, so, so somebody told me this, which is just, I'm being influenced by somebody. So I'm just repeating something, but it's with what I'm going with now. Okay. So this is okay. my, this is my decision point that I'm going with now and whatever. It's not revelatory, mm -hmm. whatever, but it's try to go with. And any time that I can make the choice, it's to try to go with softness. It's to try to go with compassion. It's to try to go with, like, curiosity and, like, listening. Like, uh, you know, I've heard you say it before that, like, no emotions are wrong. You know, there's nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. They're just messages. And I think that that's, mm -hmm. like, like, a great place to, like, start a conversation, you know. Uh, to not try to force anything away or push anything away or to be mad at yourself for thinking anything or doing anything, you know, it's just mm -hmm. to like notice, be curious and like have an open heart to something, you know, uh, anything that's happening, you know, imagine yourself as that compassionate parent and you are the child of, mm -hmm. you know, of yourself, you know, seeing you there in the grip of this thing and you want to just be there so that they're not alone, you know, know that they have help, 
you know, that we aren't alone in this universe or even with ourselves, you know, that, like, that it is okay. And uh, that's the tr that's the choice point that I try to try to get to. And I'm not, you know, perfect at it at all. And I shit on myself plenty, right? Yeah. But, but when I can, in the right spirit, and I, and I sometimes can, like I, I can gift myself that. And it feels really good when I can. Yeah, I think anytime we have resistance going on, resistance to anything, we're introducing contraction, which is then like tightening and closing down. And that's where the discomfort is. But also in like the birth life and death cycle, it's a series of contractions and releases, right? So it's like, we can't be released and open all the time. We can't be like this all the time. So it's like right. trying to find the balance of right. feeling, you know, maybe meeting the resistance and doing your best, like allow it to open right. again. Almost like a and breathing. Then, yeah, it's like breathing. It's like giving birth. Although I haven't experienced that personally, but. Remember Alan Watts would talk about the warp and the woof, you know, it's just the basic yin yang. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yes, the yin yang energy, the, the two, the two parts of that, the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, that quote has been in my brain since I don't know for a while, but I, one of my favorite quotes of all time, Carl Jung, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Uh -huh. So I believe we only have as much control over life as we have consciousness to be like aware of it. Right. And then even then, it's still um, participating in that, um, like using power instead of force to align and then practicing um, like movement and surrender, like when to participate and when to relax in the river, mm -hmm. like allow yourself to be moved by inspiration you do. Mm -hmm. And then, so it's like, it, it's just like finding the balance mm -hmm. in, in everything. Yeah. Dig it. Is that it? I think that's it. I think that was pretty good. Anywho, thanks for tuning in. If you stay with us through all that, <laughs> uh, leave a comment, subscribe, do the thing. We'll try to be responsive and, uh, you know, uh, listen and talk about things that are brought up. You know, check us out on Instagram. We got the Epic Initiator which is Angela, and I am Gnarl Kick. Gnarl Kick. Say hi, say hello, and that's that. We'll catch you on the next one. Sound good? All right. Mm -hmm. Bitch it. All right. All right. Bye. <laughs> Later. <laughs>